Yes, you actually introduced this term to me, fidgetal. And I I just like can't let it go. I'm like, that is like the coolest thing. I mean, just the word itself is cool. Welcome to Church Media HQ, where we equip church leaders to maximize their impact through the power of communication. My name is Luke Clayton, and I'm excited to have a special co-host with me today, Josh Ermler, all the way from Fresno, California. Josh, thanks for being with us. Man, I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this conversation since you mentioned it to me. It's It's been a topic that's uh, been really passionate about, that our leadership team's been passionate about. So I'm looking forward to talking about this thing of Fidgetal Church. So thanks for inviting me to be a part. Yes, you actually introduced this term to me, fidgetal. And I I just like can't let it go. I'm like, that is like the coolest thing. I mean, just the word itself is cool. Fidgetal, of course, is taking the word physical and digital and kind of bringing them together. So when we're talking about fidgetal church, we're talking about how do we seamlessly blend a physical gathering and a digital gathering in a way that just really works cohesively. So for anybody who is thoroughly confused by the use of that word, hopefully that helps them out. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It threw me off at first when I heard it, but you know, uh, now it makes sense. And like I said, I love it. And, and so uh, we've been in a series now um, that we're calling Reboot. And the idea is that uh, we, we're really, I mean, from, from businesses to individuals to churches, I mean, we are in a reboot phase uh, as far as we've gone through this pandemic. It has really um, just kind of uprooted everybody, everything. And, you know, just like when you reboot a computer um, or a device of some type, it kind of brings a lot of nice new, um, it can bring, it can bring some welcome changes, you know, it, it can refresh some things uh, and kind of just uh, make things new. And the concept that we're exploring as we talk about digital is not longing for things to go back to normal, but creating the new normal. Uh, and that, cause there is going, I, I think I heard a, a thought leader say the other day, um, he predicts that we're going to actually, when everything's said and done, uh, the world is not going to be normal as it was. We're going to be about 70 to 80% normal. Uh, the other 20 to 30% is up to us to determine how that's going to be. And the way I see it, the church has always been lagging behind. You know, they've always been the one to kind of be playing catch up. And with churches being so drastically impacted by this pandemic and what we've been through as, uh, as churches and as the world these past few months, um, they are the ones, I believe, that can actually lead the way and change. And, um, you know, I think it'd be awesome to see the, the church set the new precedent, if you will, uh, the new standard in some of these areas. And so, um, so I think as we talk into that, just for those out there who maybe they're a little bit skeptical uh, about this idea of of trying to move forward more with digital ministry and outreach and, and creating this, what we're calling this digital environment. Um, you know, the thing uh, I think we have to do, we, we have to embrace the data, first of all. Um, and we've got some stats here um, that we want to share. According to Barna Group, nearly half of all surveyed congregations have reported higher attendance numbers uh, when they're talking about their online uh, when compared to a typical in-person service pre-COVID. Now, Josh, you're a pastor there. 
uh, at Fresno Church. And uh, are you seeing this to be the case in your particular congregation? I think it's a really good question. And because of the the methodology that we embraced, you know, moving into a highly interactive type online experience, uh, we actually did see an increase in attendance uh, very early on. And I think most churches actually saw an increase in attendance. I think where we were at in our own local context was we were afraid that the novelty of all those extra people logging in online, watching the service online, was not something that was sustainable for the long haul. Uh, we were here in California. There was a sense that this COVID thing wasn't going to get over in two or three weeks, that maybe we would have to navigate this for several months. And, and now looking back five or six months, that has been the case. And so we adopted an approach uh, using conference call technology like Zoom um, to actually run our entire services through. And so what I think that allowed us to do is once the novelty of online church wore off for a lot of different ministries, uh, we were able to see those numbers stay much, much higher uh, than the national average. Uh, and so that would definitely be something we were seeing. However, I would throw out there that a lot of folks, while early on they were seeing higher online attendances, um, that quickly dramatically dropped after Easter. You know, this all took started in mm -hmm. March. After Easter, there was a dip. Mm -hmm. And then after Mother's Day, there was another dip heading into the summer. And yeah. I think a lot of folks now are, yeah. are asking themselves, how do we do online church when it's not novel and it's not new? And I think these are some of the things we've got to wrestle with. Yeah, and that, that is true. I was actually, um, you know, and, and yeah, it, it kind of depends from what I've observed with the church leaders I've worked with. It really has been all about how they have approached the their their digital, their online, um, you know, because, yeah, I think most defaulted to, well, you know what, we're just going to essentially not not all. And, and, and I say most many, at least they defaulted to, well, we're just going to live stream uh, like we used to just in an empty auditorium. And, you know, that quickly kind of lost its, uh, you know, engagement factor. Um, I saw that in several churches, you know, and um, it's the ones like yourself that said, you know, we're going to do th things a little bit different. We're going to, you know, because uh, here's the truth. When it comes to an exclusively online audience, um, it's a much different, it's a much different dynamic, uh, you know, whereas, you know, and that's why even now as we're watching sports come back online, um, you know, they don't have that live audience. Um, and, you know, they're, they're even trying to replicate it with like putting in sound effects and things like that, which I think is kind of funny. Um, and we're yet to be seen how that's going to be. Next you know, few weeks, but so what you're um, saying is maybe we weeks, should but, add um, like, like sound effects for the church services, like amens and hallelujahs in the middle of the preaching. Is that what I'm getting from you right here? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a new product line we need to develop here at Churchman HQ. Is is like sound effects, like pick your pick your style. Like, are you are you more traditional? We got we got amens and and stuff, and then, you know we over here we got like I don't know if we could like put in some raised hands or something even like something like you over. I don't know, but uh, but yeah. So so yeah. Th this this statistic is it's very it's. I mean, it's from Barna Group, so it's accurate. However, I think it is going to vary amongst churches and how they approached it. Now, I do know this, and, and this, this stat I've, I've heard um, several times from several sources. Uh, the creator of the church online platform, uh, Life Church, they reported uh, nearly 2.5 million uh, live stream viewership increases amongst churches um, in, in, as, a long, as uh, this, you know, people were going online. In fact, 
I think before the pandemic, they had like 3,000 active churches using church online, and now they've got like, I think they're knocking on 30,000. Um, so like a 10x increase there. Um, and, and what I think, and again, like what you said, I think this is great because, um, you know, there was kind of this initial hype, if you will. Um, in my opinion, though it was different, it was the most um, successful Easter for the church in, you know, really probably uh, since the, the original Easter, you know. I mean, we're, we're talking as far as viewership and people that watched, I mean, and that's very hard to track as far as, you know, uh, people that, you know, maybe came to Christ and, and whatnot. But um, but I, I, like you said, after Easter, the, it kind of lost its hype. Um, and But nonetheless, it did bring attention for churches that maybe weren't taking their online uh, ministry very seriously, or maybe they weren't um, more taking it seriously, or maybe just weren't putting a lot into it or weren't doing it at all, uh, to kind of like say, Hey, no, this is important. Like one church I know they kind of overhauled their entire AV system during the shutdown. You know, it was a good, you know, good, and it was a good time to do it, you know? So, um, yes. So uh, I think with these, this data that we see, um, you know, that's something we have to, you know, we have to embrace it's there. It means something. Um, and so now we've got to, uh, after we've kind of accepted, we've embraced the data, we have to now embrace this fidgetal experience. Um, and so uh, in, in a regular service, most, uh, you know, they receive interaction with the leaders of their church, um, and they're going to be acknowledged by, you know, simply just sitting in the audience. You know, that's just kind of what you do. That's how you participate. You come, if you want to, you know, shout amen, or, you know, raise a hand, whatever, that's your choice. But you, you know, you are interacted with because the, 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 the leaders on the, on the stage, the pastor, they're meeting, they're making eye contact with you. They're, they're seeing you and whatever. But when you're online, um, you know, mo- the, for, again, most churches have taken this kind of one way approach in that, Okay, well, now the the speaker, the pastor, whoever's leading the service, they're just looking at a camera uh, and looking at you, and there's no there's no interaction there, you know. Um, and I, I said, I think those are the churches that really saw that dip, if you will, uh, because there's just there's no interaction there. And and I will say, I mean, uh, big disclaimer: nothing replaces physical gathering. You know, nothing uh, is a substitute for that. Um, but uh, there, there has to be a way to create that interactive experience, and, and this is I'm excited to get into this part of our conversation uh, because what you've been doing, Josh, is, is really cool. So let's first consider that digital audience. Talking about the, the digital audience that is still viewing online, you know, for whatever reason they've chosen not to come back to, to uh, live, you know, in-person services. Um, something simple uh, that I've seen is, uh, I mean, one of the simple ways is to just acknowledge that your online audience is there. You know, I'm amazed at how many churches uh, before and now after uh, the shutdown, they don't acknowledge, uh, they, they don't say, hey, we want to welcome our online viewers. You know, it's almost like they're just an afterthought and it's all about the live, you know, who's actually there in person. And I think if nothing else, uh, you know, I've treat the person like it, like, treat the camera rather like it's another person, you know, make eye contact with it. Um, you know, don't be afraid to, to look at the camera every once in a while and address, address your online audience. Um, and, uh, you know, because when it comes to 
Uh, even if you are taking this approach where, hey, all we're doing is just we got a camera rolling in the back streaming our services and whatever, even just simply looking into the camera, um, like I'm looking into a camera right now that if those are watching uh, on, you know, watching this episode online, it's a big difference than when I look away, you know, um, it makes it makes a, a big, a big, uh, it just something about it does draw you in. Um, in in film, the term is breaking the fourth wall uh, because you actually, you know, look so. So, um, uh, you know, because the live stream service, it's a window into your church, you know, um, and uh, it's providing a space for people to where they can, hey, they may, they, maybe they've never visited before. You know, they can actually look and kind of see this in this virtual window of what's going on. So acknowledging them is huge. And Josh, what you've done to kind of um, go way beyond acknowledging, which kind of takes us into our next point of interaction, is incredible. So I'd like you to kind of walk us through what your uh, kind of process has been for this. Yeah, so when we originally went to online, we, we knew that there were basically three different approaches that people were taking. Some were doing pre-recorded videos where they would upload it to YouTube or Facebook and that were filming it, you know, two, three days before. And there were some definite pros in, uh, to that approach. Uh, one of the big pros was there was not as many technological issues for the guys who took yeah. that route. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they'd upload it and it would work seamlessly for the end, end user. And that was a solid approach that many guys were taking. It allowed for a little bit more creativity and, and allowed you to kind of be more intentional on the outside of what exactly was going to get into the service. The second approach was a live stream approach and a lot of guys uh, did a live stream, you know, whether it was on Facebook or whether it was through some other medium where they would just do a service live. And the third approach that we ended up taking and a few others took was what we would call an interactive broadcast. Uh, We used conference call technology, like I mentioned before, we used Zoom because it was our conviction that if we were going to keep people for the long haul staying engaged, it could not just be something that they were a spectator in, but it really needed to be um, a participatory, it needed to be something that uh, they were personally engaged in, that they could participate in. And so the Zoom technology, while it was not made or created for a church gathering experience, it was something that we felt could potentially keep the bar high when it comes to interaction. And so we we leaned right into that from week one, and it was not without its technological challenges. In fact, it was probably a month or two before we had a service that went halfway smooth, but it was well worth the investment of um, creating an environment that was more interactive, that wasn't as polished, rather than having a environment that was really polished but lacked a lot of interaction. So we we leaned into the interaction over the polish and now over months we've been able to polish it up and I feel like our interactive live broadcast has just as much quality as anybody else's pre-recorded service or or live stream but with the added benefit of because we went through the growing pains it has a ton of uh, interactive value so when we talk about interactive obviously we're on zoom right now Um, the truth is you know we can talk to each other so during our services you know we would have times before the service started you know where we'd be talking to everybody who was jumping in we could see their face they could see ours you know um, we could communicate with each other people who were in other homes they could communicate with each other and talk to each other and interact with each other in fact they could find another friend and they could break out into another room and and the two of them could talk by themselves you know about what's going on and and what's 
taking place and things. And so there was all of this interaction that was happening, you know, even before the service got started. Then once the service got started, hey, I could look at somebody on the screen and they, the guys on our media team put together a huge, you know, flat screen television with everybody's faces on it. I could look and say, uh, hey, Mr. So-and-so, why don't you start the service in a word of prayer? And then later on, I could say, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, why don't you read the scripture? And, and uh, why don't you, anybody have a prayer request or uh, a praise that they want to share? And, and anybody who wanted to could raise their hand. And, and so I'm not going to lie. There were a lot of logistical, technological issues that we ran into early on because Zoom's not made for church services. However, mm-hmm. once we tackled every one of those mm-hmm. issues, the reality is we created this highly interactive online experience that really kept people coming back week after week week after week after week. And, uh, you know, the, yeah. the, the possibilities were endless. Even in my sermon, I remember there were times I would, you know, maybe I was using a basketball illustration and I would tell the kids that were there, hey, why don't you guys run to, you know, your room and grab a basketball real quick. And they'd run up to the room, grab a basketball. And it just all the things we could do that were interactive that you couldn't necessarily do um, on other platforms. And, and there's some interaction you can have Facebook Live, hey, chat, or answer this question. Mm -hmm. But the amount of interaction Mm -hmm. you can have with conference call technology uh, is exponentially more uh, than you can have on any other type of platform. So while there were some challenges that we had to kind of work through, uh, the reality is in the end, with our values of participation and interaction being so high, it really allowed for that to happen very, very effectively. Yeah, and that... um... That is just because you think about it, whenever you are uh, involved with anything as far as a live experience, um, uh, I, I, like, for example, why do people obviously, like I said, in this example, this this particular analogy, um, you know, I could see how somebody could pick it apart. But, for example, you know. Uh, talking about sports again, uh, you know, when, when everything was normal and you could go to a game, um, you know, but you can go to a game or you can watch it at home. And, you know, I'm the kind of person to where I'm like, you know what, unless I can get, you know, I'm not a huge sports guy. So unless I can get like super cheap tickets, uh, you know, whatever, I'm just going to stay at home. You know, if I want to watch it, you know, I, I my, in my mind, oh, the experience is about the same, but, but we know that for obviously the thousands of people that attend sporting events, there's something about the interaction factor, you know, is when, when my team scores, I can cheer, um, you know, I can chant defense, I can do these things. And, um, and like I said, we're even seeing like the NBA kind of try to implement what you're talking about, this type of live interaction, even with virtual fans. And, and, but uh, it's something about even when you're watching something live, and, and, and even if it's a virtual experience uh, and just knowing that, hey, you know what, like, you know, my input could be desired. You know what I'm saying? I guess that's kind of how it looks. You know, some people, they're going to be introverted. They don't want you to call on them to pray or something like that. But others, you know, and many people deep down inside, they just, you know, hey, just the, the fact that I could be acknowledged and seen and, you know, just as something as simple as you being able to look specifically at a family that's watching on Zoom and say, hey, you know, we're so glad the Smith family's with us today. Thanks for being with us. You know, just that and just knowing that I can see how that would keep people engaged, you know, and keep people coming back. Even if a specific individual doesn't get engaged, the fact like what you're saying the fact that they know they are being seen, that they are being, you know, acknowledged, um, 
that that is happening in the environment around them, it, it creates a different perspective than if they mm -hmm. were just watching something that had been pre-recorded or something that there wasn't that same level of engagement. It's almost like people, even though they don't maybe want to participate themselves, I think everybody wants to know that they can if they wanted to. And I think there's something very mm -hmm. real to that. Like you said, uh, and, and really, we were kind of talking about this, um, you know, uh, before we pressed record, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, you might be putting I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but, you know, you might be putting a more uh, cohesive playbook about this. And I hope you're able to do that. Um, but but I do recognize that there's going to be some churches out there. It's just not for them. Um, this this approach or, you know, whether it's logistical reasons, technical reasons, or or maybe it's just not their culture. And so for that, I think there are other ways, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, that you can create interaction, you know, like, and I think one of the most underutilized things that anybody could have been doing all along, um, you know, similar to just acknowledging and looking at the camera, acknowledging your online audience, is tapping into chat and these comment features that are, I mean, it's built into YouTube, Facebook, um, and uh, if you're using the, you know, we mentioned the church online platform earlier, they have this chat feature built in. Um, and it's just, you know, even being able to say like, hey, chat, uh, you know, hey, put something in the chat, you know, let us know you're here. Let us know where you're watching from, you know, this type of stuff, just keeping people interacting, even though that's through, uh, you know, through just a written, you know, chat and text type feel, it's still something that keeps people engaged. And, um, and so that, that moves kind of uh, uh, into this uh, idea of, um, you know, just, just being, like I said, just reemphasizing, I should say, the idea of simply being um, uh, uh, interactive and engaging your online audience somehow. I, I mean, the way that Josh has done it with Zoom, and like I said, I do hope that you're able to, like I said, maybe put together a playbook or some type of uh, resource to where people can tap into this more because um, I think it's a fantastic concept. Now, now Josh, I will kind of um, close out our conversation with this question. Do you anticipate this being the new normal of church services for you? Because right, you're in California, and so your reopening plan is <laughs> – I feel so bad for California churches. Um, so your reopening plan is pretty, um, pretty open-ended, I would assume. Um, but how much of this do you think will be the new normal for your church uh, 6, 12 months from now? You know what? The reality is the more – we lean into it, the more it is becoming a normal. So I'll say this, we've been back at live gatherings now ooh, for about six weeks. And part of when we say fidgetal, what we've done is we've totally restructured our Sunday morning environment to where we have continued to do what we were doing online with Zoom, but now we are incorporating a live audience into it. So that means on a Sunday morning, just to give people a kind of a vision for what this looks like. There are literally televisions on the platform with all the people who are watching via Zoom. So everybody who is in the live audience can see the people who are at home watching from their homes. 
vice versa we have cameras on the audience so the people at home can see the people who are what who are there uh, in the service so it gives just like if you went to church you could look around the auditorium and see everybody who is there that same type mm -hmm. of environment is happening um, mm -hmm. we have continued with this interactive service program so we try not to let five minutes go by without involving somebody else in the service and now what we've done is we've set up a station in our auditorium where if the person stands at that station they can read scripture they can pray they can give a testimony and if they're standing in this particular place there's lighting and cameras and, and audio equipment to where everything is getting projected into Zoom so the people who are involved in the service live in person in our auditorium can also be experienced by the people who are at home. Um, and so when I say fidgetal, this really is the full culmination of fidgetal where we are trying to get our physical experience back to where it was before COVID but now maintain everything that we've learned through our digital interactive experience and now blend them seamlessly into one cohesive unit. And so that's where we are right now. And honestly for us, um, yeah, that might be our new normal moving forward here in California, depending on how things go. I would say at least through the rest of the year, it's going to be what we do. And from there, we just got to kind of feel it out as we go. Well, I would argue, uh, you know, that, you know, a few, I, I mean, really, it's been a few decades ago, I suppose, but I guess really uh, it's kind of been a slow, uh, progressive thing over the past, you know, 20 years or so. Uh, we've seen churches, you know, they transition from a traditional format to a more what would be termed maybe contemporary format. So, you know, uh, new worship style, uh, you know, a lot of churches, they don't have like the traditional choir anymore. They have a worship band instead. You know, they start to use things like screens and, you know, more advanced lighting and and, and things like that. Uh, but now that's kind of the new traditional, if you will. Like uh, it's been do going on for so long. This is just what churches are doing now. And so I could I could argue that uh, I could see the argument that yeah we are in a phase now to where this is going to be your your new transition to church is how you incorporate this digital audience and your physical audience how you're able to blend the two as you're saying and so I'm excited to see where it goes honestly um, I, I think it's a great opportunity um uh well uh but yeah so josh tell us a little bit about you how we can connect with you um i know you're involved with idea network and things so you know anything you want to plug plug it now no i appreciate that thanks so much for the opportunity um i try to stay somewhat active on social media so uh you know check me out on facebook uh, at uh, joshua ermler on facebook I, I try to connect with folks there and i love specifically connecting with church leaders um, I just I feel a real passion for that. Um, and then I will say this as well. Um, I am involved. I'm a John Maxwell executive coach. And so I really do enjoy working with ministry leaders one on one uh, on a regular basis and whenever those opportunities arise. So maybe there's somebody out there and you're like, man, I want to do a deep dive 
into what, you know, online church interactive broadcasts might look like. Man, I'd love to, you know, be able to connect with you. And rather than just having a phone call for 20 minutes, maybe do a deep dive into some of this stuff and, and talk more didactically about how to navigate, you know, this type of world. And so I, I enjoy coaching uh, ministry leaders, and I have the privilege of doing that on a regular basis. And I am the co-founder, along with Josh Tice, of the Idea Network. And of course, that is a network of events where we have conversations around the country about the most innovative and creative things on the cutting edge of church world. And so uh, we have our Idea Night coming up in October. Uh, we have several uh, speakers that are going to be presenting that evening. Uh, that particular event uh, takes place in churches literally all across the country, and we'll come together on a single evening and kind of in a simulcast type of way, uh, be able to watch these presentations as well as be able to have conversations with other ministry leaders in our local areas uh, around those topics. And so be on the lookout for that as well. And uh, hopefully a few of those things might be a help uh, to your audience. And let me just say, Luke, I, I know we've, we've worked together on some projects and things, and I am super, super excited about some of the things that you have coming down the pipeline. Uh, in fact, I was telling you a few minutes ago, uh, just kind of some things that uh, you know, you'll have unveiling toward the end of the year, I, I think can be a huge, huge help to the church world. And I'm excited to see, you know, this, uh, I don't know if you've unveiled it yet or well, how much you've talked about it to your audience, but it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll just give a plug for that saying this is going to be huge. And so I hope as soon as, you know, your audience has the opportunity, I hope they'll jump on board 100% because it's going to be a massive, massive help to any churches that adopt it. Well, hey, Josh, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we are, uh, it's, you know, we we are just like, you know, churches have been, we've had to readjust, you know, we've had to uh, make some changes. And so, yep, Church Media HQ is kind of experiencing its own overhaul. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's a great segue into, uh, for those of you out there, uh, be sure to head over to churchmediahq.com to get connected with us there. Uh, there are some uh, of these uh, resources available now. Uh, our coach, our coach uh, is available, our coach service, our creative, you can access creative and uh, we've got more coming. And so, uh, yeah, thanks Josh for uh, uh, your, your shout out there. And, and I will say this about Josh. If you are looking for a coach, he is great. Uh, he has been my coach uh, for, for uh, several months now. And uh, I really enjoy, uh, he's so helpful, especially in this uh, church uh, marketing creative space. Uh, he has a lot of uh, insight and knowledge there. So I highly recommend and the idea network um unfortunately you know the all all like all the idea days and, and events have been kind of uh you know some of them had to be canceled and whatever but uh you know these idea nights are are awesome and then of course you have the idea summit uh which uh, is uh, next year i believe so uh, anyways yeah get, get connected with josh and and the idea network and everything he's got going on there uh, and, and yeah, so, hey, we want to thank you for being with us today, Josh. I, I really appreciate having you here as my guest host, if that makes sense. You know, I've, I've heard, uh, but uh, so glad you were with us. And uh, thank you for uh, watching uh, wherever you're watching, listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe, uh, like. We'd love to hear your feedback. So be sure to give us, uh, yeah, you know, send us your feedback, uh, by, whether you're commenting or shooting us an email or whatever. We'd love to hear from you. And, and if you really enjoy this content, don't, 
don't be a jerk and hoard it all to yourself. Share it with someone, you know, share, uh, share it with a, another church leader. Uh, and keep in mind, you know, I, I want to encourage you and I always do try something new because it is, it is so much better to fail at trying something awesome than to succeed at just doing the average. So thanks again for joining us right here on Church Media HQ. 